Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. La Iglesia Spring of Life Fellowship y su visión cambiando el mundo le invita a escuchar un mensaje de restauración y fortaleza para su vida. Escuchemos a nuestro invitado. Well, good morning, champions. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the Bible says, and they did not, and they did not love their lives to the death. Um, wow, that is so beautiful. Had the opportunity to see that last night. And um, I just want to say, so I can get right into the message, is that... Your pastor, Melina, and his wife, Yvette, along with everybody here at Spring of Life Fellowship, you guys have been so kind, so wonderful, so marvelous, so hospitable, and just showing us the love of Christ. My wife and I really appreciate your kindness. And Jesus said it like this. He said that you will know that they're my disciples because of your love for one another. And I'm going to tell you, since I've been here since Tuesday, my wife joined me on Thursday, uh, it's been nothing but an overwhelming support of love and um, encouragement. I want to thank you. And I want to thank your pastor. I want to thank his wife family, and thank all of you guys for making it a beautiful trip for us. I've been here since Tuesday and spoke at Westwood Sports Banquet, Wednesday Bible study, Thursday Spanish Bible study, uh, Saturday I am a champion session, which was incredible. <laughs> Woo! It was awesome. College and career, yes, 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 we was chanting Jesus and everything. We had a wonderful time. And now here I am uh, for two services on Sunday. And I am what I am by the grace of God. Uh, and this Bible right here, this book of life, uh, saved my life. It saved my life. We can go to uh, Psalms 118, verse 17. I will be talking about I Shall Live, part two, and I want you to be able to hear how in the world did I get before you today? Well, I was born in Halifax County which is a very rural area in Virginia. My mother at the time, Azel, uh, was carrying me. She became sick, and so they rushed her to the hospital, and she went into a coma. And so at this time, they are trying to rescue her and also rescue me because obviously I'm on the inside of her. Well. They were able to C-section me out, 
And there my mother laid in the bed uh, looking to try to recuperate from this procedure. Unfortunately, three days later, she passed. And while I was in that hospital room at three days old, fighting, I was fighting to make it. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. And I thank God that I was able to make it. Unfortunately, she didn't. But God had a plan for my life. And that I was able to survive something that potentially could have been fatal for me as well. Three days later, as I'm in the hospital, uh, my father, my biological father, never claimed me. And so at this time, I was just a motherless and fatherless child. However, my mother had some siblings who was living in Connecticut and New Jersey, Northern Virginia area. And when they came to the funeral, there was a wonderful, wonderful woman. The oldest, her name was Mabel. And Mabel decided that she was going to adopt me because they was putting me up for adoption. And she didn't want to see her sister's child be in a situation where maybe they was not able to be a part of the baby's life. So she decided to adopt me. And at that time, after the funeral, she took me up to New Jersey. My man would say, you in Jersey or Long Island? Union City. Yeah, that's right. Union City, New Jersey. That's right. Met him the other day. Uh, Union City is right n not too far from Linden, New Jersey, North Jersey City. But that's where I grew up. Grew up in an apartment, uh, low-income area. Uh, once a month, I would receive this beautiful yellow check that I would have to stand outside and make sure when the mailman come that I get the check. And as a result, uh, it was... Um, learned experience of this, seeing how you always have to kind of hustle and fight to make it through. But at the age of 12, I became fascinated by the game of basketball. So a guy by the name of Dr. J, Julius Irvin, played basketball. And I said, you know what? I want to be like Dr. J. Because prior to that, my desire was to be a football player, a fireman, and a preacher. But at 12, I said, man, I want to be like Dr. J. And so I went on this quest to be the best basketball player I can be. However, we do recognize that anytime God has a plan for your life for you to do good, the enemy then is going to come to counteract that plan. How do I know that? Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that the thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, which tells us that we have opposition. He said, but I've come that you may have life, life, spring, spring of life fellowship. What a name, spring of life fellowship. What a name. I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in order for us to live this abundant life in Christ, it tells us that we're going to have opposition. I heard someone earlier come up here and mention about David. I believe it was um, um, Kenny. He shared about David and how he had to proclaim the victory against Goliath. 
And the thing also I like about what David did is that David, when it came time for him to fight against Goliath, he ran towards the giant. Sometimes in life, ladies and gentlemen, we got to learn how to run towards our problems and situations and our fears instead of running away from them, trying to avoid them. Sometimes we have to be confrontational and we have to say, listen, this is not right. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. And if God be for me, who can be against me? Because I am a champion. Can y'all repeat that after me? Say, I am a champion. Now, everybody didn't say it. Young man, pay attention. Tap him on the shoulder right there. All right. Everybody say, I am a champion. God did not raise up chumps. He raised up champions. And I'm looking at a all a bunch of champions here in this building. I'm looking at God's glory here on the earth. Isaiah chapter 6, six uh, no, Isaiah, um, the 60th chapter of Isaiah says this. It says, arise and shine for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of the Lord is risen Upon you. That's why we can arise and be excited about this day because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In that glory is forgiveness of sins. In that glory is his loving kindness. In that glory is his grace for our garbage. In that glory is mercy for our mess. In his glory, is power for our promise or the promise that he has for in our lives. In that glory is everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that you need is in him. Acts chapter 17 verse 28 tells us, in him we live and we move and we have our very existence or we have our being, but it's in him. So we all are here to give God glory, to bring glory to God, to be able to magnify the Lord, to be able to be a star, a bright light in the midst of darkness. The scriptures tell us that in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, I believe it says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Arise and shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That you are a chosen generation, which means that God has handpicked you for this time and this generation to be world changers. Come on, somebody say, I'm a, I'm a world changer. Well, now everybody say, I'm a world changer. I'm a world changer. Can we say it like we mean to say, I'm a world changer? I'm a world changer. See, I'm a world changer because of the glory of God that's on my life, the grace of God that's on my life, the power of God that's on my life. I am a champion. 
and I'm going to be like David. I'm going to proclaim the victory before I even start. You uncircumcised Philistine, you're going down. I ain't playing with you. I got five smooth stones. And I'm going to wear you out. Now, I like to think of it this way. I, I believe God has a sense of humor. He always works it out for us. But it's like, David, why five stones? I mean, if you knew that it only, God was on your side, it only takes one stone to knock this turkey out. Why five stones? Well, I'm using my Holy Ghost imagination. And I say it like this. As David was picking up those stones, this is my imagination, I can now see how we can say that first stone is J, E, S, U, S. Come on, somebody say Jesus. Oh, everybody say Jesus. Come on, everybody say Jesus. I had five stones. There's just Jesus, the rock of our salvation. The living stone. Isn't that the name of the ministry, the youth ministry? Living stone. It's living stone. Is it stones or what? What is it? Living stones. Jesus. Jesus. J. E-S-U-S. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up against the giant and, I'm, I'm, and, and the Savior got my back. And we know the rest of the story only took one, but I, I must move on to the rest of my story because, I, like I said, it was because of God's glory. God has a plan for our, our lives. And so at the age of 12, God was orchestrating some things in my life. We call it providential care, and that's when God has, that's when God, providence means when God is orchestrating events in our lives to bring glory to his name. And God's providential care, he knew that the enemy was trying to counteract his plan. So at 12, you had the thief over here, and you had the abundant life over here. And there was a battle, like Paul said, a war between two members and fighting to do what is right, fighting to do what is wrong. And so at age of 12, I, uh, my, me and my best friend, Johnny Davis, smoked our first joint. We got it from a guy named Q. Name is Quentin, but they call him Q. And as a result of that, we did and dabbed, starts drinking a little bit and smoking reefer. And then by the time I was 16, I start, uh, my girlfriend, uh, who, that this is amazing, my girlfriend family moved from Dade County, Miami, and uh, they were drug dealers. Her mom was a drug dealer, and uh, they, had, they had a system going on up in Linden, New Jersey, uh, and that was my girlfriend. And so as I was introduced to certain types of people, I started snorting cocaine at 16. Now, how in the world... Son, you think you're going to make it in life. You're drinking, drugging, and doing all the things that you know you shouldn't be doing because the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, there's greatness in all of us that God has placed on the inside of us, but the enemy's doing his very best to fight against God's design. Do you realize that you are God's design here in the earth? Yes, you are. You know how you wear designer jeans? You know how you're excited when you wear Calvin Klein 
why I say Calvin Klein, because my name is Calvin, but I'm not getting any money, man. I ain't getting no money for it. No. <laughs> Aren't you excited when you wear a certain brand? You, you say, oh, I have designer shoes on, designer jeans, a designer shirt. But let me tell you something. Don't you know that God has you in design? And the enemy don't want it. He don't like it. So he's fighting so hard to stop you. But you are a champion. You are a world changer. The Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. You are an ambassador for Christ. You need to walk with your head high. Not, not in pride, but knowing who you worship. Know who you stand for. Know who you represent. There's no shame in your game. Because God got your back. You are a champion. You are a winner. You are a leader. Man, the world is waiting for you to get into position to do what God called you to do. The world's waiting for you. Waiting for you. Waiting for you. Waiting for you to get into the vision of what pastor is doing here at Spring of Life Fellowship. Just waiting for you. To get in position where you use your time, your talents, and your treasures for the glory of God. Just waiting for you because you are God's design. Here it is at 16. This is happening. This battle is happening. And God is strategically putting people in my life to help me for the good. And then there's evil over here fighting. And evil sometimes. Now y'all know that sin sometimes could be a lot of fun. Do we know that? It, it feels good. It looks good. But I want you to know, and we always have to remember, that everything that glitter is not what? Oh, come on. Y'all know, know that saying. Everything that glitter is not what? And everything that's rust is not old. You'll figure that out later. Everything that has rust on it is not old. And everything that glitter is not gold. So we sometimes, we have to be very careful of what we see or what we're dealing with, but the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and, and, and not by sight, and so we have to remember God's word. That's why I said it's the word of God that saved my life. During all this time that's going on, I'm 16 years old now, my wonderful aunt who raised me, I go to church every Sunday because she makes me, praise the Lord. I did not have an option in the matter. You know, these days, you know, they have this new stuff where, they, you know, they give little Mikey, little Susie an opportunity to stay home on Sunday. If you're not sick, you're coming to the house of the Lord. For the scripture says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Don't you know that? You mean to tell me what, two hours, three hours of your day of the whole week, you can't give to God when he gave you 24, 7 times 7, you do the math. Oh, I was at church, White Rock Baptist Church, and there I was, and the Bible says to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they get old, they will not depart. And so my aunt, which I called my mother, did a great job of raising me, but see, the world was trying to now pull me away. I want to encourage the parents in here today. Don't give up on your child. And I don't care 
if they don't like coming to church. You don't care. They coming. They're not going to be in no, at home playing no Nintendo, um, PlayStation, um, um, Twitter, um, tweeting and Facebooking and all that stuff. Talking about something, they just going to have some leisure time. You do that after you worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We got something for you here at Spring of Life Fellowship. We have, if you're not in here, we got something for you at the youth ministry. The children's ministry. And then plus, it's important for the believers to come together. Amen? Y'all not mad at me, are you? I'm telling the truth. Because I know it saved my life. I wouldn't be up here today if, I, if she didn't make me go because if I had my choice. But you know what? I wasn't smart enough, pastor, to make an intelligent and spiritual decision. I need somebody to make it for me. And she did. And she made that decision for me. And so... I want you to understand. The 11th commandment, that's right. Thou gotta go to church. <laughs> but you know, with all these things going on, here it is. At 18 years old, she, this beautiful, precious woman. And I like to say it like this, that God took me out of the womb of my biological mother and placed me in the arms of my loving aunt. At the age of 43 years old, she decided that she was going to adopt this boy. You're talking about a sacrifice. I believe Romans 12, 1 reminds of that. One in... I beseech thee, brother, by the mercy of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice. This is a sacrifice. There you go with them scriptures again. Y'all quick, boy. Hold and accept unto God with your reasonable service. But she made a sacrifice, but she was a living sacrifice. But at the age of 18, she had a stroke, and she later died. And there it was, this young man, Calvin Anthony Duncan, once again, on his own, once again, trying to figure out what this life is all about. But do you know that God used basketball as an instrument to save my life? And later he would take the basketball and the Bible to save my life and to put me in a position where I can be up here before you today. I'm no one special. I'm not, I'm not any better than you. But I want to let you know that when we all make a decision to allow God to use us, God will do that. Catherine Coleman said it like this. She said that God is not interested in golden vessels and God is not interested in silver vessels. Because a lot of times people disqualify themselves because they say that, you know, I'm not good enough. For God to use, you don't know what I've done in my past. You don't know what I'm doing right now. But God is looking for yielded vessels. Will you just yield to him and allow him to use you? Because he has a plan for your life, man. He has a plan for your life. He has purpose for your life. And then he, has, he gives you power that you can fulfill the plan and purpose for your life. 
and in the midst of him giving you that power, then you got to accept and learn how to be patient so you can receive the plan and purpose for your life. And then in the midst of being patient, you got to learn how to be persistent because you have to learn how to keep on going and going and going. What is it, energize or what? Bunny, what, what's that battery? What, what, help me out. Y'all can talk back to me. Pass it on mine. What's that commercial say? And it keeps going and going. What battery is that? Energizer battery. Some of us got to be persistent just like that energizer battery. It keeps going and going and going and going. Why? I have to be persistent because I believe that God has something for me. Persistence is part of being or persevering. Sometimes I believe that we miss great stuff that God has for us because we don't persevere. Perseverance is to see it through. I'm going through the storm. I'm going through the rain. I'm going through the wind. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going through. I'm not staying in that stuff. Not staying in my sadness. I'm not staying in my sadness. Why? Why I'm not staying in my sadness? Because the Bible said this is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, not sad in it. Circumstances around me may cause me to feel sad, but I got to make a decision. I got to persevere in God's promises. God has promises with power to help us to persevere, but we got to operate in patience as we reach the promises of God. Does that make sense to you? We got to persevere, man, go through. But just remember you're going through. Just the other, just, just the other day, I was with um, Pastor Melina and Precious Yvette, and we were driving, and uh, we was moving around a little bit. I can't tell you exactly what we ate because we got to keep that undercover, but as we was riding, uh, we saw from a distance uh, a cloud, and he said, look at all that rain over there. But where we were driving, there was no rain. But he looked over to the left and said, see over there? That's a lot of rain. And then later on as we were driving, we hit, I guess, what you would call a storm cloud. And as we was, were driving through the storm, the rain started to increase and became more intense. But as we continued to ride and persevere through the storm, eventually we came out of the storm and we was able to be dry and roll down the windows and let the sunroof down so all of my hair could blow through the wind. <laughs> And it was, uh, but, but why am I, why did I say that? It's because I want you to understand that David said it like this in Psalms, the 23rd Psalms. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
See, you got to understand, everybody say this, that I'm going through. Everybody say, I'm going through. Y'all not listening to me. Everybody say, I'm going through. See, I'm going through the storm, through the valley of the shadow of death. I refuse to make my bed there. I refuse to just be depressed for depressed sake. I refuse to have somebody just want to feel sorry for me. I refuse to do that because God has a great plan for my life. I refuse. I want to persevere. And at 18 years old, when my aunt died and I was on my own, I received $177 Social Security check once a month. But I didn't realize that God was with me. Now, I want you to understand this. I wasn't, I wasn't serving the Lord. I knew God with my head, but I didn't know him with my heart. I was doing everything I was big and bad enough to do. But God, in his mercy, but God, in his grace, but God, in his divine plan, and listen to this, and design for me, kept me by his mercy and grace to a point where I can make an intelligent spiritual decision to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want you to know it wasn't because I was all that, but it was somebody, like I said about you, that, see, you are someone's answer to prayer. See, somebody prayed for you to be in this position, but there's somebody out there who was lost like I was lost. There's somebody out there that's feeling real good about what they're doing, but know that if they were to die, they're going to a devil's hell. And you're the one, like this lady, when I was in college, my junior year, witnessed she had a track, like Pastor Molina, and she witnessed to me about Jesus. And I want you to know this is amazing that I was walking down the street. Now, people might think, brothers, y'all big strong brothers over here, people might think that I'm just going to say this just to make the story good. But do you believe the name of the street that I was on when I was walking? And this is true. Grace Street. Tell me God ain't full of grace and personality and sense of humor. Lord, I met you on Grace Street. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see the purpose that you have for my life. I see what you're doing in my life. I see your goodness. I see your mercy. I see your loving kindness. I see your grace. I see your Holy Spirit. I see your power. I see now that I need to get saved. And this lady witnessed and shared Jesus with me. And as a result, it maybe was about four Months later, I asked Christ to come into my life. Where was I? I was in Birmingham, Alabama, Hyatt Hotel, after a basketball game. And 
I was talking to, it was, at, during this time, there were several people that was witnessing to me, man, just telling me about the love of God. And one guy said, God is trying to tell you something. And I said, you're right. And that night, I found a Gideon's Bible. Y'all know about the Gideon's army. I found a Gideon's Bible in that hotel, and I looked up Romans 10.9, where the Bible said that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, you shall be saved. And that night, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I now put myself in a position to allow God to use me in a way that I was designed to be used. And then so we, after that, a year and a half later, I was drafted into the NBA. Second round, 30th pick, I signed a three-year contract with Chicago Bulls and went to the uh, summer camp. And uh, then right before the season started, I made a decision. I opted to play with a group called Athletes in Action, Campus Crusade for Christ. And there you would have thought that people would have rejoiced. Brother, you love the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Give him praise. PTLA, brother. Praise the Lord always. <laughs> but it wasn't like that. People were calling me stupid and what are you doing? You're out of your mind. You grew up poor. Man, you, man this is a great opportunity. My boys and my my peeps in Jersey was mad at me. All oh, that, it was, it, was, it was a mess. Down in Richmond, Virginia, however, I made the best decision of my life. Why? I'm going to tell you why. For me, at that time, I wasn't spiritually ready for the social life of the NBA. That's dealing with me. There might be some people here today or people you know. I'm not saying that because you're a Christian, you shouldn't play professional sports. But for Calvin Duncan, everybody has their own walk, their own vices, their own situation, their own strongholds. But I knew at that time I wasn't ready. And so I went with a group called Campus Crusade for Christ Athletes in Action where I was able to uh, get discipled. Uh, and then also one of the best things happened to me was, was I was able to be in a diverse situation, um, not only racially, but also um, from a den denominational point of view. And I was able to hear different point of views. So it helped me to become a well-rounded Christian so I can tolerate people better and they can tolerate me better. And then also I get along with my brothers better. So to make a long short, I wouldn't be up here today if I didn't make that decision. Now, the scripture is very clear. What profit is a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? But also, we also know that in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, the Bible says that, that the Lord will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides. So it's not like God wants us to be broke, busted, and disgusted. But you have to make sure that when God blesses you with the riches, God has no problem with the riches. He just have a problem when the riches have you. But God wants to use you. Um, it is 1124. 
How much more time I have? Because I don't know, Pastor. Help me. Six minutes. Yes, sir. And so, with that six-minute warning, I'm just going to, huh? I don't, I don't football too. But I wanted to share with you how I got here before you, okay? And that um, in six minutes, it's going to happen. Watch this. I, you see what it says, I shall live. That I shall live. David said, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Live means to live in victory every day. To live in victory every day. God wants you to live in victory every day. Why? Because you are a champion and you represent his glory. There are three steps towards victorious living. I want you to write this down. Three steps towards victorious living. See, because somebody's saying, oh, Pastor, you don't understand, man. I'm all messed up. Where, what do I do? Number one, start where you are. Start where you are. You don't need to wait until Benny Hinn come to Florida, to Miami, to have a conference for him to blow on you so you can start all over. You don't have to wait for that. Everybody say, start where I am. Start where I am. Yes, see, start where you are. Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, and this is the New Living Translation, by the way. It says this, do not despise these small beginnings. See, God is trying to teach us is don't you despise small beginnings. David, how did you become king? Did they invite you when the prophet came to the house? No. When Samuel came, they didn't even invite me. Man, I was back here messing with some sheep. But God saw me in the little things. Don't you despise small beginnings. You're working at McDonald's. You're working at Burger King. You're flipping burgers and turning fries or turning burgers and flipping fries. Whatever you do, have it your way. Is at Burger King. <laughs> but whatever you're doing, don't despise those small beginnings, man. You're a Christian. Man, flip those. Be, be the best burger flipper there is. Be in the back, sweeping, mopping the floor. Be the best. Do the best that you can. Because God is going to promote you when you're faithful over a few things. You can read that story in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 31. Yes, he will. He'll promote you. Don't you dare. Don't you dare despise small beginners. Okay, what else? What, what is another step I need to do um, towards victorious living? Number two is use what you have. Use what you have. See, don't take inventory and start talking about all the things you don't have. Don't be the type of person who looks at the glass and says it's half empty. Say it's half full. Don't be so negative that you look at a donut and say, man, there's a hole in the donut. <laughs> You're not that dude. You just eat the donut and enjoy it. Amen. Use what you have. What is it that you have in your hands, CD? I got a basketball in my hand, Lord. Matter of fact, my aunt brought this basketball for me um, at um, Sears and Robots. That's what you call it. Sears and Robots catalog. I was 12, and I got this basketball. It was a Ted Williams basketball. And I used this basketball to put myself in a position to get out the ghetto, to get a scholarship, 
to get educated, to be educated, to get my degree. What did I have in my hands? What is it that you have in your hands? What is it? Paul, what is it? It's a quill pen. I'm writing the epistles. I'm writing more than half the New Testament. What is it that you have in your hand, David? I have a, a slingshot, and I'm ready to slay the giant. What is it that you have in your hand? What is it that God has given you to his glory? Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 in New Living Translation reads like this. However... He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Don't you walk around here and say, God didn't give you nothing. He done gave you a special gift. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 tells us like this. And this is in the New King James Version. It says, for as I say through the grace given to me. And it goes on to say, as God has dealt to every one to each one, a measure of faith. Somebody say, I got it. I got it. Everybody say, I got, I got it. Young people say, I got it. I got it. Yes. Now, see, everybody should have said something then because you think you're still young. Like uh, the Molinas over there. Papa Molina, 78 years old. Man, yesterday, him and his wife, man, they up in there champion. They jamming and going forward, man. What you talking about? A measure of faith. You got that young spirit on the inside of you. Let me tell you something. God has given you wonderful things. And then the last thing is this. The third thing towards victorious living, I'm living in victory every day, is do what you can. Do what you can. Philippians 4, 13. We're going to read this together because I could tell y'all saying, you know what, Pastor Duncan, you didn't give me an opportunity to read yet. Let us read. Read. If you believe it, read it again. If you want to be a reality of your life, you'll read like you mean it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I recognize that my strength and my abilities and my talents and everything that I have in him, I live, move, and have my being. Man, I'm nothing without him, but with him, man, I'm something. I like to say it like this, is that without God, I am just ordinary. But when God puts his extra on my ordinary, he makes me extraordinary. I like to say it like this. I'm just doing some natural things. But when God comes along, he puts some super on my natural, and then I do some supernatural things. I like to say it like this. Is God saying you need to go ahead and try. And when you try, and then God will put some oomph into your try, and you'll be triumphant. I'll be triumphant, I believe. And then finally, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Finally, my brethren, finally, my brethren, finally, my brethren, be strong. Oh, excuse me, I'm, so, I'm sorry, um, I, I got the wrong verse. Um, it's um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren. Let's read together, because I can tell you I want to read it. Y'all saying, Pastor Duncan, I see you ready to sit down. Man, let me read one more verse. Please, let me. I can see it in your eye. Look at y'all right now. Please, let me read one more verse. Because we're talking about do what you can. Read. 
If you believe it, read it again. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Not weak in the Lord, but strong in the Lord. And in the power of whose might? Because his might will give you that extra on your ordinary that you may be extraordinary. God bless you. I love you guys. I got to sit down. Praise the Lord. Pastor, come on up. You're a champion. I shall live in victory every day. Your best and brightest days are ahead of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm a